Hello, we are back. Thank you for downloading, streaming, however you listen to this uh, podcast. It's the second episode today of Inside the Mind, a very special uh, project that I'm working on throughout November to uh, raise awareness about men's mental health. And the episode today is with Dave McNeil. What can I tell you about Dave? Three times Olympian. Uh, He was back on the show in the very early days of Inside Running. I'm going to say in between episode 100 and episode... Um, I don't know, maybe 120, 130. I might put the exact episode in the show notes. So if you're not sure who he is, go back and listen to his full-length interview he did with Krogs. He, uh, I don't know Dave really well. I've watched him race a lot over the years, but haven't really had too many conversations with him. But he's always struck me as a really kind of wise head. Um, someone who's not just like a robot of Australian distance running. And I feel like if we had to come up with a movie script for Australian distance running. Dave would be like a, a wizard type character. He just seems really wise, really mature. He's been through so much with his uh, ups and downs, with his injuries over the years. Three times Olympian. He went to uh, Tokyo last year. He spoke about that in a, in a lot of detail in this chat. He went to Rio and also went to London back in 2012. And just feels like he's been around forever. So um, we've got some good stories about running there, some good stories about how he manages his mental health. And I really hope you enjoy this chat with Dave. A massive thank you to all the people who uh, wrote in about the episode with Andy, especially those people on Patreon. I'm, uh, I'm taking that feedback on about uh, who you want for future guests. And um, yeah, really kind of appreciate the insight that people have given me after they've listened to the episode. Uh, enjoy this one, and yeah, thanks again for for letting us um, be in your ears to have these conversations. See you guys. Hello, Dave McNeil, and thank you for uh, being involved in this little project. Just talking off air, it was a while ago you were actually on an Inside Running podcast uh, interview, and when I come yeah. to making a list of people I wanted to chat to for this project, your name was very close to the top of the list, so uh, a massive thanks for being involved to talk about some mental health stuff. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me back. I had uh, Croaks um, interviewing me last time, so... Good to mix it up. I've got to be careful because I was just thinking about my earliest memory of you was when you won Zatapec. You must have been pretty young, I reckon, at the old Olympic Park. You were in your old, is it old Zavs, old Melburnians yeah. singlet, yeah, the red and Zavs. black. I remember yeah. you had the, um, this was a while ago. You'll be able to tell me exactly what year it was. You had your pass. So listeners might not know this, but when you're an elite athlete, you get the little like pass to get in. Um, so you can go warm up and you don't get you don't get hassled trying to get in and out of the stadium but it was just like a bit of pink ribbon and i reckon you had you tied yours around your bicep no no so that wasn't a that wasn't a um that wasn't a security pass that was um, was it it was a it was a, a a intentional pink armband and i i feel like other athletes had it on as well because it was probably less than a week after Karen McCann had passed away. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I'd and, seen a number of people with it on their arms and just yeah. thought it was a security in and out. <clears throat> yeah, no, no. It was um, – and and partly because, yeah, she'd, she'd obviously had a, 
um, battle with breast cancer. Um, that that was the reason for the pink armband, as opposed to like a black armband. And you had it up on your bicep, was that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, from from memory, I I wouldn't have remembered that un, un, until you mentioned it. But um, yeah, yeah. Because what year are we talking? Two thousand and nine. That was two thousand and eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And was that your first? You would have just been still a kid, wouldn't you? Coming out of. <laughs> I yeah, certainly felt like it. I mean, it was when I was twenty two then. So, um, I and it was my second second Zatapec. I'd done. I'd done it in 2006 and finished um, maybe fourth overall. It was the year that Galen Rupp had come down and, and done it. That's right, yeah. Um, and, yeah, finished second Aussie that year. So, but, yeah, yeah, back in 2008, which is, what, 15 years ago now. <laughs> hey, and you'll still be in action in a couple of weeks' time, won't you? You'll be teeing up for... Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. That's the plan, yeah. I, um, I just actually... I've done pretty well, but I've, I finally um, I finally got COVID a uh, couple of weeks ago, um, which is, yeah, it hasn't been much fun, um, but it's definitely put a bit of a dampener on my my harder training. Um, so I'm hoping that'll kind of re- kind of fix itself over the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah. This was after you won yeah. Melbourne Marathon 10K? In yeah, between just then and now, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think with a lot of other people as well, it uh, cle- clearly was going around um, probably all the after parties after Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, everyone's celebrating. Can you, that day, like remind me, was it a huge kick with like 300 metres to go? You peeled out on the back straight? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, uh, that was my sort of MO when I was a bit younger and, and had some wheels on me. I don't, I'm not sure I've got them anymore, no, but, still got them. um, yeah, no, I usually, usually was, um, usually would, would, uh, yeah, if I was in it, it would be usually about 300 to go that I, I'd try and kick down. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think it was just probably a good example of, um, you know, just the right amount of naivety um, go, going into that race, and um, and also I think just uh, almost a feeling of you know nothing to gain, nothing to lose, um, and and the, that culminating in you know probably not having a lot of pressure on myself, um, and you know being around pretty elite company at the moment at that time. Like I think Collis had Collis had just come off. Um, a second place at the short-lived uh, Great Australian Run. Oh, yeah. Um, he which, beat which, there too, didn't he? Yeah, Mottram and he'd beaten Mottram and Gebra Selassie had come down for it. So it was, you know, kind of a big deal. And, you know, I, it seemed at the time promising that, you know, Australia might have like a big, a, a really, really big road race at the time. But it, um, it, I don't think it lasted more than a couple of years. But, yeah, so he, he was obviously in really good form. There was a... Um, uh, Austrian guy um, who was training with MTC at the time. He used to wear um, the long socks, didn't he? The long yeah, compression yeah, socks. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that guy. Um, yeah, and then Bobby Curtis, Curtis was yeah. was there as well, and he um, yeah he was in good form. Like I think um, yeah, he'd run probably in the twenty sevens. I think that year, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd raced against him in college. Actually, just earlier that year, so only six months earlier, and he'd, he'd won NCAA's in the five k where I'd, where I'd done my first my first NCAA's. So um, yeah, I didn't really fancy myself, and um, uh, I was just I'd just come off cross country season in the US, so I was 
I mean, I, I guess I was in, in decent 10K shape, but, um, yeah, set like a, a minute PB and, um, yeah, just was, I think, the you know, in hindsight, probably it was just the right sort of race for me and um, not too quick, not too slow, and I just held on for dear life and, um, yeah, was fortunately there with a lap to go and, um, you know, at the time I was usually fancied myself with a lap to go, but I don't, 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 don't fancy myself so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just remember driving back to Bendigo with a car full of people and it was like, yeah, you would have been like the fifth or sixth, like ranked, or you just felt like the underdog, yeah, like the kid yeah, from Melbourne who'd gone to college um, and come back and tout up all yeah. these pros. Yeah, I was definitely not, uh, uh, definitely wouldn't have been one of the favourites. So, um, yeah, I remember being, I remember being quite shocked as well. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's certainly a very happy memory. It was a, um pretty special to do it and actually just thinking about olympic parks um yeah what a, what an awesome place that was, that was amazing <laughs> and yeah. it's just um yeah i mean yeah it just it you you can't really you can't really replace that it was um and yeah glad to have run during a time where we did have olympic park because the fence was pretty much on the outside of lane eight wasn't it like on the yeah, back it was straight on, anyway. on the back straight so then yeah. when they let you yep. in it felt like you were even more like you didn't have to yeah. then walk over the long jump pits to yeah. then get to lane eight. Like you were, yeah. I, I remember, yeah. yeah, being so inspired and just, yeah, just remember you winning that time and just being like, oh my gosh, this is like elite running and it's so close to us that you can touch almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it was it was just such a beautiful vibe there and um, yeah, you know, not to dis dis uh, you know lakeside, but it's just not quite the same. Um, and I think, yeah, part of it's probably the history. Part of it's also is always much better conditions there. Um, didn't get the lakeside winds um, through the stadium. But, um, yeah, and, and I I mean, we all, I mean, you and I are probably pretty similar ages, Brady. So we we grew up doing states and stuff at Olympic Park. And you just had those, um, you know, I had really early memory running memories there. And, um, you know, remember getting hot chips in the back of the stadium after after states and, yeah. and things like that. And I, I remember going to like APS, um, having APS track meets there. And um, yeah, it was just yeah, it was pretty cool, um, pretty cool venue. And yeah, it was my first first foray into yeah, I guess the senior senior rank. So um, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. <clears throat> now, Dave, I didn't expect us to go there straight away, but I'm glad we kind of did and just get some run and tra- chat in there. But we are talking about mental health in this episode. Yeah. And uh, last night I did one of these with Andy Buchanan. So um, I've got mm-hmm. his answers fresh in my head and I'm kind of interested <laughs> to be able to compare them. But I asked him and I'm going to ask you at the moment, and you've just told me you've come off a bit of COVID, so this could kind of impact it a bit, but a score out of 10 for your own mental health at the moment and why are you giving it this score? Ooh, yeah. So... Um... I'll, I'm going to give it an eight, and I'll <laughs> I'll tell you where where my mind sort of wanders and thinks with eight. Yeah. So I I kind of think you know eight out of ten. You know if 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 you if I was in school and I had an assignment or or something and I got eight out of ten, that would be that would count as an A. I'd say. Mm. So I'd give my I'd give my mental health at the moment uh, an A. Um, you know, probably not perfect, but it's, I'm, I'm in a really good spot at the moment. Um, you know, why, why am I giving it eight? Um, and, and maybe why am I not getting, giving it 10, um, eight because, um, you know, 
running running wise like i'm i'm in a you know a really just happy part of uh, you know my i guess my relationship with running um i i am i'm busy um doing a, a lot of different things so i think the variety um certainly in my case lends itself to probably probably better mental health um and then i think um you know just a combination of factors and just the you know um passage of time and uh wisdom whatever you want to call it but um you know and and you know where i am now i might have given that a different score at a different time in my life um so it's to say like you know life's not perfect but it never it rarely is and it's um and i think you know the things that are maybe areas for improvement um are probably really sort of inspiring things for me now um whereas maybe in the past they they might have might have appeared more um daunting daunting things um so yeah not a perfect 10 because um i don't think i don't think that's ever really possible um but i'm 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 certainly in a in a pretty good place at the moment and i could certainly list off heaps of things that are not going great (laughs) but um but their their impact on my mental health um is it isn't a isn't a you know a real doesn't blunt it really um it's it's this sort of ever-present uh you know areas that you know require constant work um and constant attention but um yeah i mean i'm in a pretty good position and i've i i guess i've yeah I've, i've got the tools at my disposable to um to yeah to kind of address them and um and yeah sort of start each new day feeling pretty good these days yeah and is it something like you said tools but like something you work on day to day to like are you got things in your life that you're like all right this is stuff i need to tick off on a day-to-day or mm. once a week kind of um time scale to make sure i keep that mental health at an eight out of ten yeah it's a that's a really good question and um the the simple answer is probably yes but the probably more complicated answer is, is that honestly on a day-to-day basis i probably take for granted a lot of the things that i do and um a lot of the things that are really helpful to me in terms of you know keeping a pretty even keel um i I think um you know in some ways they're probably they're very much second nature to me now Mm. um and that certainly wasn't the case that's not not been the case in the past um but i think like you know at this point in my career probably more than you know at any other time um and yeah, career being you know running, um, work, uh, career is probably the wrong word. Just at this point in my life, um, I, you know, when things, when when overwhelming things kind of come to the forefront of my mind, um, I, I'm pretty good at breathing um, these days. I'm pretty good at um, quickly uh drawing on past experiences to remind myself that um you know quote unquote these times will pass mm-hmm. um they usually do and um and yeah, I, i've also i'm also pretty quick to 
to recognize um, and honestly just be grateful for the fact that um, life's full of ups and downs um, and, you know, there's you literally can't have the ups unless you have the downs and you can't have the downs unless you have the ups. So I think my perspective on, um, you know, challenging um, circumstances or, or um, you know, periods where I'm feeling particularly anxious or, um, or, or just having a, a bit of a rough trot. Um, I, I, I've got almost like a bit of a, yeah, an almost ingrained, um, yeah, almost natural ability now, which, yeah, certainly didn't used to have. But um, it's good we're t- chatting about this because um, I probably do take it for granted now, um, you know, yeah. the work that I've put in to do that. But it, it comes comes a lot more naturally to me now. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, particularly on a month like this, you know, um, with Movember and, and, you know, what we're doing here and having these conversations, like it's a, it's a good reminder for me to not take those things for granted and, and that there's probably value in, in sharing, you know, how, how it is that, you know, I kind of, kind of manage, manage my mental health. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like, I think it's so individual at times. And then I don't know if someone's having a rough trot, it could be me down the road kind of thing. And just thinking like, Oh, I remember Dave McNeil mentioning breath work or like, you know, remembering times that hard times will pass or whatever it is like just something that you can grab at that you might not have thought of before that somebody else and especially like a high performer like yourself who's you know been to three olympics juggles the the physio work at the moment still can win fun runs like melbourne 10k a couple weeks ago and might win zadapec in a couple weeks and just i don't know like i just feel like sometimes as you kind of said you probably take for granted and I'm sure you're a well-read and listened to podcast and you know, people who you surround yourself with um, have given you some great tools over the years. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a really good point, the, the surrounding yourself. Um, that's, a, that's a huge, huge component of it. Um, I think, you know, certainly the day-to-day stuff and, you know, most I think most of us um, most of the time uh, – you know, pretty much spending our time with ourselves. It's just us and all the thoughts that are between our ears. Mm. That's that's the case for most people. Well, even when you're with other of, people, you still got shit going yeah, exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you can you can be working, you can have family, you can have kids, and um, but you know, the vast majority of the time, it it really is just you and your thoughts. Um, and 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 then it's kind of a matter of of what you do with them. And I think. You know, one one of the things that I think really sustains me and and helps me and um, and this is probably one thing that I really don't take for granted and I I'm I'm very intentional about making sure that I make time for is um, I make time for people that when I'm around them they 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 just energize me um, and and so you know what that person looks like and and why they energize me is probably very different to someone else but um but I, but i i i find you know there's certain people which uh, i'll give an example because it's like I, I feel like a lot of people would know know my relationship with my my long-term counselor and psychologist bert who i've 
spoken a lot about in 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 other podcasts and have interviewed in podcasts as well but he and i catch up um at least once a month um not for not for any therapy but just as really good mates um and and we just you know he's an example of the sort of person i could sit and talk to for three hours and we could talk about nothing but also talk about everything so um i think that's a um i i really value those times and those relationships um and i make sure that i i make time um to have that and it might not be every day um and sometimes it might not be every week but um but i think if uh yeah whenever whenever things are maybe getting a little bit out of skew or or um you know i'm finding myself uh less able to to uh manage or address or or um kind of tackle mental health challenges um it's often not necessarily advice or, or you know therapy that i need it's just it's just to be energized by um you know in in my case often it's it's other people um but it's uh you know it's certain people um yeah and I'm, I'm fortunate that i've met and um and have lots of those people in my life um but that's a huge i think that's a huge part of it in terms of um you know where where that sort of energy comes from to kind of you know approach times and situations where you know you might be challenged um or or where you just where yeah life's kind of pretty blue mm. um or or or, or pretty anxious or or, or nerve-wracking um that's yeah definitely a big part of it and have there been times over <clears throat> the years where like you might have a catch-up no plan for two or three weeks time and it's like hey Bert we've got to do this like ASAP tomorrow when's the, yeah. when, when's the next time you can jump on zoom yeah yeah absolutely I um yeah fortunately fortunately not as much in the last the last few years but or last couple of years but um you know I and I've spoken about this before but yeah 2021 was a you know particularly um particularly challenging year and and um really really took me to the edge of my um limits and it was probably a time where um sometimes the overwhelm just gets too much and you can have all the tools and all the knowledge and experience and and having managed and dealt with you know similar situations before but um that was probably one of those times and it was um yeah it was a huge part of it was grief um i i uh, my my uncle had passed away, and one of my best friends, Dan, had passed away, and and um, and yeah, that was a time where I was uh, yeah just overwhelmed with grief, and it was showing up in interesting ways. You 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 kind of I think I'd always seen grief in in sort of as a, through a vacuum, um, which is this sadness about a certain thing, but um, it was really impacting every facet of my life um you know my ability to 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 work to focus um you know my uh, sense of enjoyment or or joy that i that i got from things and um yeah i i, I yeah certainly remember um yeah on on a, a 
drive to work one day and and um yeah just being overwhelmed with uh um yeah thoughts which were certainly not healthy and and um yeah thank goodness i just i i was in a position where i i could very quickly just say hey i need some help here mm-hmm. um and i know that's that's not necessarily a natural reaction for everyone um so I'm really, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that 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 was my first reaction is just to yell out and say, "Hey, I need some help." Um, but this hopefully, yeah, that's post Olympics. Like you also, you talk about balancing work and getting joy at our moments, yeah, but this is also this you going to the Olympics for the third time. Yeah, yeah, it was pre pre Olympics. So um, yeah, this was this all kind of happened. This kind of all unfolded in sort of January, February, twenty twenty one, and. Um, you know, admittedly it probably took 12, 18 months to, for it to kind of at least be managed and under control. It kind of had, had, had various impacts, which kind of kept going for, for a while, but, um, you know, piece by piece, like I, I, um, I found, found ways to, to manage that grief and, um, you know, I think, yeah. My getting to the Olympics in 2021 was was very much a product of that. You know, I, I think um, it was. Uh, I almost um, funneled that that grief into um, a you know a single minded focus on on being as absolutely present as I could be when I was running and when I was training. So it was almost like a. Um, you know, if I could, when I could be really, really present in the run, um, I, yeah, I wasn't with my grief. Um, and it was also a, um, a really, really potent way of, um, yeah, honoring, um, you know, two, two really pivotal people in my running career. Um, my, yeah, my uncle had been a, a huge, huge supporter and, um, and, and Dan also, Dan had been there, come and watch me run in, in the Rio Olympics and and so um, there was a huge motivation there to just honor them I guess um, and you know yeah probably without them um, I remember at the start of 2021 I, I I think I did a the box hill burn and <laughs> I definitely bur- I definitely got burned I was I was probably right up the back in you know just maybe just under 14 minutes and um i it just kind of snapped it kind of snapped me out of uh myself at that time and um you know i recognized that i was every, i was every i was anywhere but on the track running i was i was just not there and um and and then all of a sudden you know the next day and onwards i was i was there and um i showed up and um had a new found intention and it wasn't like I suddenly got fitter, but you know, a month and a half later, around thirteen twelve. So, um, in Perth, wasn't just, it? Did you do Perth? Yeah, yeah, around like yeah, the time trial, yeah. almost with Ramsden. Yeah, 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 exactly. I pretty much like. Let's be honest, it, it, it pretty much was, and it was. Um, you know, we were gifted perfect pacing by Stewie. So, that's right. Um, yeah. He went. Did he go yeah. to like four point two k or something like that? Yeah, he went. Yeah, about about that. Yeah, about yeah. two laps to go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we were we were pretty lucky. Let's, and it's like a big hypothetical, but 
running was obviously so important in your life at that time. And you've got a, um, I don't know if rich history would be the right word of being injured, having injuries. What would have happened if that was at a stage when you had a stress fracture? Because how many have you had over the years? <laughs> more, more than I can count. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I've, I've had a lot. I guess it could have been this running must have been so important for you, but it could have easily yeah. not been there. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been plenty of times that it hasn't. And, and I think, um, yeah, certainly, you know, I've, uh, I, I guess so many times on the sidelines, you, you learn something new each time. Um, and you, you also make a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's funny running such a, running such a weird endeavor. It's like, it's so like, if you think, if you, if you take that 30,000 foot view and you're just looking down and you watch people and they go out running and they're just putting left foot, right foot in front of each other. It's like, cool. Like, that looks easy. Like, mm. what on earth are you doing that for? It just, it, it is such a simple, simple th- thing. And yet, you know, I feel like runners are almost predisposed to, <laughs> to, to making it as complicated as possible. And, and I think, you know, in injuries or, or bad races or, you know, when, when things generally aren't going well, um, we're still putting left foot in front of the right one, in front of the left just over and over and, and, but we just find all of these ways to, um, to layer it in context and, and layer it in emotion and layer it in all of these different things. Um, and therefore like each time something goes wrong, it's like you learn something, but then there's like 99 other things that you missed and then you make the same mistake again and, and, and then you learn another thing. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure I've, I will still get injured down the track and I'll, I'm sure I'll still have time on the sidelines, but, um, you know, I guess going through, through them, um, you know, certain themes have started to emerge and, um, and certainly now more than ever, I, I value, um, the balance that I've got in life. So I have other things going on. Um, I think I always valued that. Um, I just, I think a lot of the time took it for granted. Like I I can look back on when I was running really well and like on this like really steep improvement curve when I was in college in the US. Um, And, you know, I was, yeah, basically I was studying full time and and, um, I was a pretty good student. I was, you know, probably like a lot of like you know runners are a bit of a bit of a perfectionist so um you know i always took did everything to the best of my ability and um and so there was kind of always this like balance there um you know i had i had an endeavor outside of running i had a good social network um with a team um and then you know i finished running in college and then I kind of did the professional thing and and then all of a sudden was just running and you know lo and behold that's kind of when I was probably had the um, longest stretch of injuries um, and and probably uh, enjoyed my running oh, actually I wouldn't say I enjoyed it the least but I um, 
I, I probably was much um, – my mental health was probably a lot worse when I wasn't running um, during those times. Whereas now, um, you know, I – you know, certainly if I can't run, it's, it's, it absolutely sucks. Um, but I, I also recognize like a lot of the things that I get from running from a mental health perspective, um, that I've found that I can, I can actually get them from a lot of other places as well. Um, you know, being outside in nature, don't have to be running, you know, 15 Ks an hour to do it. I can just walk if, if I need to. Yeah. Um, the same endorphins though. Do you feel just as good afterwards? So yeah, the endorphins is probably not the same, but I um, I remember actually it was a uh, it was a real kind of eye opener. But after after the Tokyo Olympics, I um, Melbourne was in a strict lockdown, and I just got out of hotel quarantine. Say, shit! So that all that stuff that now you're talking about, and I'm sure you did talk about it at the time, and I might not have just have heard it, but yeah, given yeah. the context of that into the Olympics, and then you were saying how you're using running as so much of an outlet, and then it's like the mm. big, the big race is over. We're going to put you in a hotel for two weeks, <laughs> and then go into yeah. a lockdown in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, um, our hotel quarantine was up in Brisbane, and so. I, you know, I had two weeks of not much to do. So, um, and I knew it would be the same once I got back to Melbourne. So I, I opted to stay in Queensland cause they weren't in lockdown. And so I got out of lockdown and, um, I hired a van and kind of went camping around Southeast Queensland. And I remember, um, getting out of hotel quarantine, going and getting this van and driving to, um, I think Lamington national park and, and and then going for a run and I you know two weeks of doing nothing and I went out for a 10k run and it was glorious but then of course the next day um could barely move because I'd gone up and down some hills and and so I you know I thought it's let's let's just have a, a day off running today and then I'll try again tomorrow and I remember going for a, a big long big long hike um which it was on this like beautiful track which I would have loved to have run, but um, walking it, you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds so silly, but like you get more time to see and take in mm. um, what's around you. Um, you know, when you're running, it's, you get the added element of you, you, you're breathing, you're breathing a lot harder. So, you, you know, you're getting a lot more oxygen and, and you get the rush and the endorphins. Um, but especially when you're on trails, you're, you're often just looking down at the ground, making sure that you don't trip over any tree roots or rocks. And, and um, yeah, I just remembered, you know, being kind of forced to slow down and, and, and walk instead. And, and no, it wasn't the same as running, but I got something, I got something more out of it. You know, I, I um, pro- probably even more so uh, felt, you know, kind of like a, a don't want to sound too hippie or hoodie guru, but yeah, I felt a bit more connected to nature because I could actually like take it in, um, you know, breathe slowly and kind of, you know, just sort of imagine, you know, the oxygen coming out of these trees and then I'm breathing it in and then I'm breathing CO2 out and the trees are taking it. And then you just, you just pause and stop and, and think about those things. And it's, and it's, um, that in itself is kind of gives you, or at least it gives me a bit of a rush. It might, might be just me, but, um, you know, I think, you know, examples like that are, uh, uh, 
are some of the things that um, that energize me. And I keep I keep talking about energizing, but I think in in how you you manage and address your mental health, or you know, at times mental ill health, um, I think has a lot to do with you know that energy is a big part of it. Um, certainly, having tools and um, and support is is you know that's that's kind of the obvious part of it but you know at its core it's kind of like yeah just having enough energy to to actually face it and 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 deal with it and um and recognize that you know in any given moment um it's, it's very rare that we're um we're in a life or death death situation e- even when when life is really really overwhelming um there's not many times um, and I, I don't think, you know, it'd be very rare that I've had life or death, death, death moments, um, maybe a few times crossing the road, but <laughs> that's, that's about it. What about like performance anxiety? Like obviously you've been to three Olympics. I can't imagine what it's like sitting in those call rooms. Um, you know, you would have been in there with you know, Galen Rupp, Mo Farahs, um, those kind of people over the years, the, the Kenyans, the Ethiopians, um, even, you know, back to your college career, which was pretty decorated with some high performances. Like, we've got a lot of listeners who you know, probably don't run as fast as you do, but they're on start lines and they've probably got a bit of like that anxiousness and nervousness and, um, yeah, probably a bit of um, just stuff rolling through their head. Like, how do you deal with it? Because you've been obviously so successful over the years and been able to execute well in races. Yeah, I have, but, you know, in the same the same token, I've also... Um, I've also been really shit at it too. Um, I, I've had, I've had, um, you know, I've been really fortunate that I've put, I've got my shit together at the right times and, and, and run Olympics, but there's, I've, I've been in plenty of races where I've absolutely stunk. Um, and, and not for lack of fitness, but exactly what you said, you know, not necessarily managing nerves and anxiety very well. And so I think the, if I've learned anything about it, it's, um, you know, the anxiety and nerves, whether it's to do with racing or whether it's got nothing to do with racing, whether it's just, just life, but it's exactly like running. Yeah. If you want to get better at it and you want to, um, you know, win races, you gotta, you gotta train it and you gotta practice. And, you know, I, I can, I think one of the reasons it's always been something that I have had to work on and it has been challenging is that each time you get injured and you you're away from you know racing when you're away from start lines and call rooms and you know setting goals and working towards something and things getting closer and then the nerves start to come in if you're not practicing it you just you lose it um and that's been my experience is that um generally i'm i i i run best um not only when you know i've had consistent training but when i've also been consistently racing too so i think um a big a big part of how i deal with it is yeah you have to throw yourself in in the deep end um sometimes i think you know actually winning in um winning at the 10k and melbourne marathon was probably you know i haven't i've done a i've have been racing during during the year um and sort of you know not at a super super high level just kind of 
um, or not, I guess not at the level that I'm accustomed to, to racing at, but, um, yeah, running the Melbourne kind of felt like a, um, it was one of the few races where I was really, really proud of how I executed it. Um, and it kind of was a reminder of, Hey, actually, maybe I'm, maybe I'm learning these things. Maybe that some of these things are finally sticking 37 years later, but you know, I, I, I had a plan, um, and I went through my head, you know, two days before all of the scenarios that I'd encounter, which would be like, this is getting really hard now. Um, I'm going to back off here or I don't think I can go with this. And, um, and it kind of was exactly that. And I did exactly what I planned to do and it, um, and it paid off. I, I actually probably didn't really care so much whether I won or not. Um, I was more just interested in, could I actually like execute the plan that I had and, and I did, and it was fortunate that it gave me a win. But the reason I mentioned that is, um, you know, I think it, all of those things takes practice and the best practice is just putting yourself in those situations sometimes. Um, and, and, you know, taking the time to, to be critical and, and be reflective. And, you know, I've, I've been, I've been fortunate to have, you know, as, as far as like coaches go at that really top echelon and, and, and as far as coaches go, you know, having been around, you know, some of the best athletes in the world, like, um, yeah, Nick Biddo has been, um, from a mental preparedness, um, perspective is, um, yeah, been a major, a major part of, you know, my learnings of how to, to particularly in race situations, um, how to deal with nerves and anxiety. And it's, there's kind of been, I guess there's two elements or two themes to the, the, the advice that I guess Nick's always given me and, and, um, you know, part of it is, is yeah, you, you want to have a plan and it's got to be an adaptable plan, but at the end of the day, like your results, results often take care of themselves, but, um, you know, how happy or, um, uh, satisfied you are with the race usually has to do with how well you executed, um, what you wanted to do and therefore how proud you can be of the performance you put up. And, um, yeah, that's, that's absolutely rung true is that, um, you know, it's, yeah, you can sometimes be disappointed with results and where you finish and times you run, but really at the core of it, you, you often disappointed with how you executed and, and, and whether you, whether you believed in yourself at the right times and, and whether you kind of shut out, you know, the, the voices that you expect are going to come in and say, geez, this is fucking hurting at the moment, but I can, I can probably actually cope with this cause I've trained for this. Um, and yeah, but that's always been, it's something I've always had to work on and will continue, will ha- continue to, to work on. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, that regular exposure is a big part of it. Um, and yeah, sometimes you do just have to throw yourself in the deep end. Yeah. I love that. So you t- like when you say you sat down a couple of days before 
Melbourne, like you sit down and write it, and you know, this is what could potentially happen, this is how I'm going to react, or you're sitting there and just closing your eyes and think about it. Like, And I love the whole thing, because that whole process thing, doesn't matter if you're trying to win a race, or, you, or you're trying mm. to run a certain time, or you know mm. where you're finishing, what pace you're running, it's so relevant for everyone who's listening. Yeah, yeah, I... I, I... I don't do a lot of I don't do a lot of writing um, or writing stuff down. A lot of it's mostly just just conversations I have in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> but we sometimes yeah, we complicate it, don't we? Yeah. Like it's very much a you know I think I'm this fit. I should go out at this pace. What yep. am I? I've been in call rooms and stuff before. Nowhere near the call rooms you've been in. But it's yeah. just like this is a very simple sport. I'm not sure why you're yeah. nervous because you just got to put one foot in front of the other and make sure you're in the right pace range that you think you can maintain for yeah. X amount of Ks and just and just put do it. Yeah, yeah, and I think like yeah, in the case of before Melbourne, like I, um, yeah, I just I knew, I, I knew where I wanted to. I, my goal in Melbourne was to be tough at a particular time. It was to be tough at eight k. <laughs> um and and that's kind of what i what i did i i um i was i was still there at 8k and then that's where i kind of put put the hammer down and um and yeah ran to the finish line but um you know i think like i remember before tokyo um you know tokyo was my third olympics and the my first olympics i butchered i had no plan um and and had no idea what i was doing um, and it, and the result showed. And then Rio, I had a um, I had a, a reasonable plan, um, not really really detailed, but a reasonable plan. And and I I probably, in terms of execution, probably was like a seven out of ten. So I was pretty happy with it. There was just one point in the race where the the pack split up, and I um, I got stuck in the second pack, and then and then wasted energy catching back up to the front pack um for a couple of laps and then i and 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 so with that in mind i was like i remember going to tokyo i was like i really want to i want to try and execute even better um and i i like i went as far as like i was watching old olympic 5k heats and and world champs 5k heats and finals and and i had conversations with nick and um and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, better to share than to like keep keep the keep the knowledge secret. But like, I think like you know, particularly over the five k, it's like it's a race of thirds. Um, you know, you you spend, and this was how Nick kind of put it to me: is is like you spend you spend about four laps just um, just staying out of trouble. You spend about four laps making um, kind of getting yourself into position. And then you spend four laps racing, essentially, and and so um, and that's kind of how I'd approach Tokyo. And and I think I what let me down was probably the middle the middle four laps. Um, so I didn't I, I didn't quite get myself in the right position, and um, yeah, it cost me. Like I, I think I ran the fastest last K of of anyone in the race, but I was I was just in the wrong position at a K to go. And if I was in the right position, I probably would have been okay. Um, but it's like it's just it's those marginal things. And when, yeah, going back to what I said before, is like you can you can make the same mistake a million times, and you'll you'll find. And it's not that you're not learning from it. It's just that you're always just fine tuning it and and finding a way to do it better. Yeah. So. 
Last one for you, Dave, because you've been generous with your time tonight. Um, <laughs> what kind of resources and stuff do you use, if any, to like better yourself in this kind of situation that maybe the listeners can check out for themselves? Yeah, um, good question. I mean, I mean, I think it's it's just simple stuff like having and having you know the right network of people around you. Um, and I've been really fortunate in in that respect. Is that um, you know I've got people that I love and that and that love me and and um, and I've also you know I, I can't um, can't certainly can't I can't overstate how big an impact you know um, you know uh, my friend Bert's had had on my life like that's that's essentially been his life work is is um, you know the the mind and certain and certainly the mind in athletes and um, I I owe a lot of what I know and the way that I live to you know lessons I've learned from him. Um, he's not the only person I've 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 had lots of great teachers, but um, you know in terms of resources, it's just finding finding the right people that again like I talk about energy. You, you want to try and find people that um, that energize you and and you know whether that's um, maybe maybe that's a, a Finding a psychologist or a therapist, um, and and particularly one that you 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 gel with and you connect with, Con- connections are massive part of it. Um, and it's okay if you do need help and you seek help, and the first person that you find isn't necessarily the right person. That sometimes happens, um, and and I think um, I, I I've certainly spoken to and, and seen other people and um and it's okay it doesn't we we don't always connect and and click with with everyone um but when you do when you do like hold on to that hold on real tight and 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 nurture it and 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 put put your own energy into it because it, it it will invariably invariably give energy back so yeah, that's probably the first thing is your resources are, is the people around you and the ones that energize you. Um, you know, I other other stuff, the other tools and things are, are just things that I've learned along the way. And, you know, I've t- talked probably a lot about them and, um, you know, bre- breathing's a big part of it. And But also a lot of it's just, um, you know, every time that voice in your head is, is um it could be doing. It could be the voice of uh, nerves. It could be the voice of anxiety. It could be the voice of depression. It could be, um, you know, it could could be any sort of negative thought. But um, if you can, if you can kind of go outside of yourself for a moment and imagine you're looking down on yourself and and you, and you see these thoughts appearing, you know, like you know, I've got the power. I I can choose to like either give this attention or not, and um yeah that's just something that i've gotten better at over the years not perfect but um yeah i think i think uh but that comes down to practice practice any anything that we do um to nurture good mental health um it's never ever a one and done thing it always takes it always takes practice um it never stops (laughs) it's it's not like i i haven't i haven't somehow reached like perfect mental health (laughs) it's just it's it's always it's it's always something it's always something that I work on but um you know for it's a bit like running like I 
you know, I can go out and threshold it, you know, three tens pretty comfortably, you know, that didn't just happen. It took practice and I, it requires me to keep doing it, you know, week in, week out. And, um, I think whatever, whatever tools or, or things that you come across that work, you've got to keep, you've got to keep sharpening them, keep sharpening those tools. It's rare, I see, just on the threshold stuff. It's off topic, but um, it's <laughs> rare when you used to upload. I'm not sure if you upload much anymore on Strava, but I remember yeah. seeing some like 259, yeah, minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I've <laughs> yeah. seen any 310 thresholds from you. There's some quick ones in there. It's like <laughs> anyone who's like dying to break 30 minutes, you seem to do it every Friday around Princess Park. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, definitely had a, a big long stretch where it was that was kind of the norm. And, um, yeah, maybe I, I'm, I, I think like, I think like the rest of the world and, and also I'm just, I, I guess I'm a bit more curious now about, you know, how best to train. Like I don't have much to lose at this point other than, you know, my fitness, which is going to happen anyway as I get older. Um, but like, I, I, you know, this is off topic, but, um, you know, it's, but I guess it's kind of like, yeah, it's almost symbolic, but, um, sometimes it's better to slow down hmm, that's good i think a lot of <laughs> listeners need to hear that because we think yeah, yeah everyone yeah. often trains a bit too hard not just thresholds sometimes just you got to slow down in life <laughs> yeah exactly dave it's been uh, amazing we've nearly gone for an hour i could easily go for another hour and pick your brain about stuff but I'm really grateful for your time and your um you know the fact that you open up and what can be a sensitive topic and you agreed to do it in the first place and showing that kind of like vulnerability and letting our listeners kind of into the the mind of dave mcneil tonight yeah pleasure i yeah I, I it's been a fun conversation i'm not sure how much i let people in and no, <laughs> i feel did. like i was just dis- dishing out uh unwarranted advice but um for what it's worth thank you and you're freshly shaven as well we might put the link yeah. for the movember your movember page in the uh in the show notes of this episode if any listeners out there want to chuck dave some dollars well yeah, not dave do. but his fundraising page some dollars <laughs> yeah 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 no it'd be uh greatly appreciated <laughs> <laughs>